Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to this week's Misery Hunter podcast. I am Mark Jardin, and I am joined by Andrew Christie. Good evening. And Sam Smith. Hello. How are we doing, boys? Good not week. bad, not bad. All good. Hi. Fresh off the back of a, a fabulous win, riding high in the table. What is there to talk about for a set of and, miserable bastards? An undeserved pumping. Just what it's all hammer about, throwers, man. tremendous goalkeeping performance. <laughs> Words that Sam Smith did not think he was going to utter this year about Zach Cameron, but but it's it's all changed now. Aye, the we'll talk first, of course, about the the performance on Saturday, and then there's the small matter of the visit of Hearts at the weekend to to turn to after that. And I think uh, myself and Andrew we were on a uh, commentary for this one. <laughs> Andrew, finally 11, got a win. Yeah, 11 games in or so. Yeah. We finally get three points. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, is is I don't it know Sam that... that's making that noise? No, it is the dog that I'm dog sitting. <laughs> <laughs> not a Motherwell fan? Not a Motherwell fan, no. That's 100% staying in. That's not getting edited. Oh, no, keep that in. The unofficial ninth misery hunter. Uh, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a really good game. I think it potentially lacked a bit of quality. In the kind of final third, but other than that, I thought it was a pretty good game. I think the narrative of us kind of not deserving the win, having a bit of a smash and grab, not really sure I buy that. I think, don't get me wrong, they're middle three of uh, Slattery, Spittle, and uh, Miller. I'm not really sure it gets much better at our level than those three midfielders, but it's all they had. Like, yeah, no, I think that's fair. They, they played some. They played some very, very good football, but had nothing up top, and we were more clinical to a chance. So in that regard, I think it was a pretty deserved win. I think it's it's totally fair to say 
that they had the better of the you know the, the actual football. I don't mm-hmm. don't yeah. think you'd find many that would would dispute that at all. And, and as you say, it all came from their midfield. Our midfield had a relatively quiet day. It really took back us coming on um, to to make a bit of a difference in in that part of the park. I thought, but as you said, Andrew, we were up against probably having seen them in the flesh now the best midfield three. Yeah, they, just, the, they move so well that the, the link two. up the wee triangles. It's it's really good to watch. Yeah, I mean Lennon Miller just looks like an absolute revelation. To be honest, the amount of fully grown adult men who bounced off him. He's just turned Saturday. sixteen as well. Seventeen. I uh, just turned seventeen. It's wild. Like he plays plays well beyond his years, and it's probably the best slatter. I think Slatter he's enjoying his best period of play since. Yeah, he looked great. He really here. did. He, so he was, so um, dangerous. I've watched I watched the full game back. Obviously, I caught the watched the second half after my game finished and like managed to. I caught the whole of, caught the whole of it. Had the great part between news about the the Livingston bit, which was one of the one of the funniest things I think we've <laughs> uh, this group has done on commentary. But yeah, absolutely, uh, Motherwell's midfielder, Motherwell, Motherwell's midfielder are really good. A lot of the stuff does come from the three in the middle, but then. They don't really have anything in their forward line that looks as if it's going to trouble many teams. I think Andrew, you nailed it when you said on your Twitter, like they're going to lose a lot of games because they they don't have anyone. To, uh, teams are just going to score more goals than them Aye, because there's, they, a, they there's a few any. times where they kind of cut us open and uh, Bear was through on goal, kind of snatched away. That was maybe a difficult chance, maybe to be fair to him, but later on, Ollie Shaw had the header. I think that Aye. was his first touch after he came on. If he'd maybe been on a bit longer and was a bit kind of more warmed up, might have buried it. I might have even given offside if it went in. I don't know, but you just look at that and you kind of think, yeah. They just don't... It's obviously hard to compare to what they had last year. The the guy who banged in 29 goals last year, which is a a proper freak run, and it was always going to be hard to replace. But it, it is what it is. It's something that we've probably suffered with maybe in previous years that we were a wee bit... You know, we were pretty tidy front to uh, back to front until we got into the kind of latter stages of the park so you know we we didn't really have many chances but the chances that the one real chance that we had we took so aye that's it I think a lot of the the talk going into it particularly in BBC Sport was about how clinical both teams are or have been before Saturday I think we've got the and, I don't know how much it's changed but before the weekend we had the highest conversion rate I yeah think it was aye, going into 18% or something we convert 18% of our chances so and you see that on Saturday like we, we didn't create a lot Um, I think uh, a couple of half chances by Gogic and McMenamin uh, Olisanya had a a good one blocked. Marandron had a header saved. Other than that, we took the the one real moment of quality in the game was uh, Tanzo's finish, and in that regard, I'm absolutely fine. Maybe play, being a bit quieter, but still kind of taking the chances when they come and winning. Because it bucks a it bucks a trend for me. Of I, I see a lot of the time. I think in Robinson's time, I can't really think of a game that we've won and not deserved to win. I don't. I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't really think of a game last season that we won, but you could say we weren't really great, we never really done much, but I think that's maybe the first time off the top of my head, and you know, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably the first time when I've looked at us and thought, we really weren't great, but we still won. Like, we done, all we had to do was take the one chance that we had, defend really well, Hemming pulls off a worldie and tips onto the bar, like, 
everyone done their job and when everyone's not fully at it, that's what you need to do to grind out results. I think that was really exemplified as well by Alex Gogic's big bloody bandaged napper, I think. Amazing. I think that'll go down, that image of him at the end, that would be a fairly iconic image if anything kind of comes of this season. That's in next just calendar, isn't it? <laughs> After Aye. Christmas. I thought Gogic had one of his best games for yeah. us as well. He, he, he really stood out and he's what we needed. You can see why Robinson was so hesitant to take him out. Um, and I think he was particularly the second time when he went out again to get the, the second kind of look at his, his bandage. I think we were right on the verge of of taking him out, but um, he wasn't coming off the pitch, was he? Yeah, <laughs> he I think as well. Because it would have been, came if I'm wrong, but it would have been Bolton that came on for, for him. Yeah. But bringing Bolton on, that gives quite a good option because, you know, the kind of physical ask of Ryan Strain means yeah. that quite often he kind of last 10, 15 minutes of a game kind of needs to be taken off and Bolton, whether we play him right or of the three and put Fraser out wide or we play Bolton out wide, it gives us that bit of option, if, especially if it's a, a case of protecting a lead. Bolton's looked better. As well, yeah. coming on the last few weeks, like he's coming he, up to speed quite well. I think doesn't he finally looks as if he's he's getting up to like a, a proper level of fitness because I'm guessing he's obviously been playing in the the bounce games that they've had as well. So he'll be getting plenty of minutes, and I think the more he comes on, the less panicky he looks. He doesn't look as if he's kind of just looks really assured. Looks exactly what we were told we were going to get for for Plymouth fans. In terms of um, team team selection, just to take it back to the the start. Were you happy enough with the, the changes? Of course, with the international break, it allowed Mark O'Hara to get fit again. He came in in place of Bacchus, which meant that Boyd once kept his, his space and Mandron was back up to fitness and came back in for for Olasanya or uh, to give him his title as given by the Far Park announcer, Oitse Olinson, or, uh, <laughs> which was the bit where I just forgot where I was and just had a I, I think I'd ask you a question and you just you looked through me. I was like, oh what if I just said something I should have <laughs> I was just like with each added syllable to that name, I was like, I couldn't believe what I was what I was hearing and then the rest of the stadium just uh, just disappeared. But um yeah, I think uh, I, I was happy enough to see Boyd Munz keep his keep his space. I was obviously delighted to see O'Hara back, but for that particular game I think it was telling that we got much more of a grip of things once Bacchus was on. You need a running power, don't you? I, I think Boyd Munce is a... I think Boyd Munce is probably fair to say he's probably the tidiest footballer we've got in the team. That like He's the most kind of... I think up there would be Greg Kilty, the most kind of technically proficient guy in the midfield. I think sometimes you just kind of need to sacrifice that in certain games and when you're going to go up against guys like Slattery and Spittle and Miller who like to keep the ball, like to get other teams doing the working. I think you just kind of need to swallow your pride a bit and just put Bacchus in. But I'm guessing Bacchus would have started if he was fully fit. I don't think there's any doubt that the first choice pairing is is O'Hara and Bacchus. I think well, it I is. Cre- I think it is credit to how how good Boyd Mons has been. Aye. But it wasn't a case of Bacchus and O'Hara fit. They're the automatic. They're the kind Aye. of givens. But yeah, I think we, like Mark, you've both kind of touched on. We looked so much better. When Bacchus came on just because he's got that ability to off the ball just kind of niggle and annoy and kind of get his customary yellow wins the ball so many times as well does. I think a lot of people forget it, just, it makes a real uh, difference there's no, no such thing as a lost cause when you've got the two guys in midfield 
I think it's not not a slight in Boyd Munson. I just don't think he puts in the don't think he puts the same amount of like intensity in his pressing. Bacchus is relentless. He's just constantly snapping at heels. Just two different types yeah. of player. It's good. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the reasons. Ball. Sorry, uh, that's one of the reasons that Bacchus and Boyd Munson worked so well together. Uh, and yeah. O'Hara's absence, the kind of Bacchus was able to do Boyd Munson's running for him, and I they complemented each other really well. But obviously, if O'Hara's fit, he's the first thing in the team sheet. But uh, I it just shows the the depth of got in there and the options so it's just it's a what kind of cliche of it's a good headache to have isn't it there's plenty of games where that midfield will do it's absolutely fine um it was noticeable i thought in the first half in particular the joy that o'donnell slattery spittle were getting moving the ball up and down the right hand side of the park the amount of like one touch give and go where they were just leaving us nowhere was something that you couldn't really allow to continue because they were going to get joy out of it yeah. Eventually, and that just didn't happen once Bacchus was on the on the park. He's on the first pass, and if that you get it off, he's on the second pass, and he's not giving up until he's given a a foul away. Um, and it, it just it just stops them doing what they're doing. Um, but you know, there's there's plenty of arguments for saving Bacchus's legs so they can come out and saving. You know, if you give him ninety minutes, he might get two yellows. To do uh, <laughs> I mean, we should point out how how keen was that ref to just seemingly book every. Player in black. I was reading over someone's shoulder when we were doing commentary, and they had one of the journals in the, or it may have been James actually, but he had something open. And I think it was maybe from the BBC, and there was content getting into it. And it was, they were talking about how Kettlewell was losing his nut because of the aggressive nature of some of someone's play. And I was like, I don't love know that. what they're describing. No, but I, I love it as well. I'm all for it, but. I was like, it's I don't what know what you're seeing, describing. Though. That's just not what's happening at all. Uh, yeah, and I'm not like, a, like, I'm not a zealot. Like, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I enjoy it. I wish we were dirtier, but I, I was like, I just don't think I, I actually thought on balance some of other tackles we put in more niggly tackles and more fouls. But I thought the kind of worst stuff was by Motherwell players, uh, and uh, they so weren't I really think, called back for it. I think a couple of the guys that play, especially some of the guys that play in Motherwell's team, you know, like like Casey and Blaney, who. Do they have, they do like the more physical side of the game? Some of the yeah. tackles, like some of the, the way they throw themselves into tackles, it was. I think the narrative that it was just St. Mirren was a wee bit was a wee bit weird. Uh, but yeah. I suppose Kettlewell needs needs something to blame anyway. Because going by his post match, <laughs> he was determined not to blame his his own feelings. No, I've, here we I've here we previously had a lot of a lot of time for Kettlewell. I think he's a really good coach, but every post-match interview follows the same format of I'm not making excuses but then a list of a dozen excuses of why I didn't win it's like <laughs> my favourite bit of that press conference was when they were asking him at the start about uh, about Van Veen and about them not having goals and he's like you know people are saying and I, I'm paraphrasing well, people are saying you know are you happy that you've replaced the 29 goals of Kevin Van Veen and I am I think we've spent that money and We've used that budget in, in good ways, and I'm happy with what we've got now. And it's like you've got Theo Bear and John O'Beaker, <laughs> and, and an injured John O'Beaker, and injured Connor Wilkinson, and a deceased Mika Biedith or whatever he's. And Ollie be, Shaw, which is just and Ollie Shaw, Leon Dempster's favourite striker to give me his full Leon Dempster's baby boy. Um, just I just thought it was absolutely wild. I'm like, if I was a Motherwell fan. I'm all for, I mean, we all like Robinson, right? We all like a bit of bluster. 
and we're all willing to overlook some kind of bending of the truth. But if I was a Motherwell fan listening to that, I'd be like, just to be honest, <laughs> that we've got a really good midfield this year and a set of toothless toddlers up front. It is, like it's, a, it's a top six midfield in a relegation team. Like, yeah. I ca- cannot kind of uh, overemphasize how good that three is and will be for them that season. Yeah. Assuming they're good, all still there. Under like, good, we had, top, uh, we had a top six back three. It's a top and three. Then relegation, top yeah. three <laughs> and then relegation, everything else. Uh, um, and it carried uh, us to seventh. But yeah, it's funny. The, the two, I mean, the two guys in Motherwell's midfield are pretty sure Slatter and Spittle are, are both out of contract as well. I've, I, for years, I've thought that Spittle was a guy that we still looked at. And I think we, the whole kind of, as a as a market that we're going to look into try and kind of pick the better players from round about us, like we done when we took O'Hara. And realistically, if we want a Motherwell player, we'll just we'll just yeah. take him. We'll, <laughs> we'll just brush them aside and we'll say, listen, like we did with Mark O'Hara, we know you paid a decent fee for him. We want him and we'll take him for nothing. And there's there's nothing you're going to do about it. Oh, so. you want to develop Keith Lasley over three decades and then pay for him send him on his course. Get out of his. Harry Bastikif. <laughs> right. right, 44 not out. What a man. Right, there's, there's guys that there's guys in the Motherwell team that would definitely take us, but I think we just look a a far more accomplished team than all of the teams we've played so far this season. It's not as if we've played any any of the teams that people are going to consider to be relegation favourites. You know, you've you've played Hibs, Aberdeen, Motherwell twice, uh Livingston and was much touted Dundee. Dundee yeah, yeah like Dundee who were who in fairness Dundee have actually started off not too bad yeah, like, uh, like we, we've played we've played good teams and it's not as if we've you know had a home game against St Johnston a home game against Ross County we're playing teams that are going to be in and around where we are with more than held their own so uh, I think Saturday will be kind of much the same I think we'll just begin up against the uh, I think like what Martindale said in the in the press when we were in, I think. Uh, as, oh, is that uh, your friend Davey from your favourite <laughs> pub Livingston, is it? <laughs> but I think uh, us and Hearts set up, you know, kind of fairly similar. Both teams will play, kind of go with a front three or a, a front two. I think you'll probably see two teams cancel each other out. But to go back to to go back to Saturday, I think the, the main point for me was how good Zach Keming was. I thought he was... Yeah, so like it was great, tremendous. Great. Yeah, so confident. It just Aye. makes such a difference. I think Aye. when we when we signed him, a lot of what we were told from Kelly fans in particular was just how kind of commanding he is in the box, coming for corners. And I think he was, I was brilliant at that on Saturday, particularly when we were under the protect, cost protecting the, the league. I there were bodies flying Aye. everywhere. He's just so calm and so kind of brave. And I it was a really really good performance. Uh, that save went to the crossbar. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't even appreciate it was a save at the time. No, I didn't pick out it was a save at all. His biggest strength for me is that he doesn't... A lot of keepers do tend to kind of parry the ball, which is fine if you're parrying it out the, out the danger. Heming catches a lot of stuff. Like, there's not a... He's not a guy who just parries for the sake of it. If he can get uh, two hands on the ball and take it but, in... Yeah, because there was, the a, time, there was a couple of um, spittle shots and a couple of free kicks that kind of looked as if it was a fairly easy collect for him, but... Like he made it look easier than it was, just by his kind of height and his frame, his positioning. Like his, he seemed Aye. composed as well. Like he was taking the sting out of stuff. Like when he was getting shots from the edge of the box, if there wasn't a crowded six-yard box in front of him, 
he wasn't trying to put two hands on it straight away or whatever. He was just kind of taking the taking the sting out of the ball completely, letting it drop and, and catch it right. after it. It just looked so comfortable for the majority of it. And I think I, th- I think he's had a great start to the season, to be honest. He's, so they are. he's had, he's had he's his errors, of course, but everyone right. everyone does. But it seems with each passing week, he seems more comfortable in what's been asked of him. Aye. I, I, obviously, I was, I, I was his biggest critic. I just I, I thought it was a poor signing, but aye, the guys shut me up more and more with, with every passing week. He just looks so... He looks so confident. And the, you can tell the players have a lot of confidence in him as well. Sure. I don't. Th- I think maybe. I think the only goalkeeper we had that really, really properly commanded his box and was really good at coming out for crosses. I thought was Anik. I think Hadke was always. A, I think Hadke would come out and punch when he could. I always thought when the ball was going in anywhere near the six yard box, Anik would always come out and get two hands on it and he would get it away. But. The Hemming's very much the same. I think his frame as well, it helps. Guys don't want to get near someone who's six foot five, probably weighs about 14 and a half stone. Like he's he's a big guy, no one wants to go in and contest with someone that size. It just it makes life ten times easier for us if we've got a guy who can come out and pluck the ball five or six times in the last ten minutes of a game and just completely completely settle it. Now he'd a he'd a really, really good game on Saturday. I think if we're uh, singling folk out for plaudits, I think Scott Tanzer deserves a Again. big fucking slice of that pie. He was yeah. unbelievable. Like was potentially, a... potentially the best player of the season so far for me. I uh, think it's in the conversation the anyway. Yeah. yeah. Aye. I think um, just he just he looks a completely different player. He, I, I thought in his first season, I thought Tanzer was really good. I think for the most part. He was, you know, he contributed pretty well goals and assists wise. Last year, he just looked as if he completely fell off a, he fell off a cliff. Like the kind of, you just, you were terrified anytime someone went near him because you just thought if he's into a tackle, he's going to get injured or injured. I.e., wants to, what looks as if he maybe just kind of didn't fancy it and wanted to come off. But uh, he just clearly a bit of trust's been put in him over the summer. He's probably been, yeah. to, I think. But it sounds like Robinson's kind of told him he's he is one of the senior players. I think Tanzer's what 27, 28. Like he is now one of the he's one of the older heads in the absence of guys like Shaughnessy and Tarson and Gallagher not being there. So he's a know. really softly spoken guy as well. I think getting to I, I don't know if I mentioned it on Twitter or whatever, but I um, got to sit in on the press conferences after the after the game. Um so got to see firsthand Stuart Kettlewell down his dinger, which was great fun. Um Robinson, but we'll get to that. But see, getting to sit and listen to Scott Tanzer, just quite a kind of gentle soul, just not obviously like you could see some people absolutely swaggering into a room like that and kind of like giving it the full, you know, the kind of big time. But he was just like, just seemed so chilled and buzzing that it had happened, but wasn't like tipping over and was just kind of like sitting back there. One of the journals, I think it was maybe the guy that was covering for the Daily, the Pays of Daily Express. Was like you know that's your first goal since December twenty one. Like it must feel, must feel pretty good. He's like, oh, is that how long it is? I hadn't, uh, hadn't realised. You know, and just moved on to the next. Just, just wrap it. Not a fan of Scott Tanzer apparently. Um, he mentioned at that point that he'd had a tough year. I know there was all the stuff last year about the about the car accident where he, he yeah, didn't play for yeah. for a week or two. He mentioned having had a tough year on the pitch, but a tougher year off it, and that Robinson oh. had really been a kind of, you know, a bit of a rock, um, and how important he'd been. And 
and how well coached he feels. I think you were talking about the production side of things there. The, I think that's the thing with Tanser. He's always had a good cross on him. He always gets involved. He always gets up and fights for you know 50-50 headers and all the rest of it. None of that's really in doubt. But when we try to play the way that we play, which is so rigid and defined in terms of roles and pressing triggers and all the rest of it, Tanser has been, to my mind, a bit hesitant. He's not a left-back that makes the early run, whereas you see strain. And if there's a half chance, strain's in the you know the bottom third of the pitch and straight on it and chasing things down. Tanser's not really that guy and I think it's kind of broken down things for us and whatever we've done this year in terms of change of shape but also I think going by what both Tanser and Robinson said after the game what he's been specifically coached on he just seems to have a better idea of when to go and when to commit this year and to when to to kind of really force himself up for for stuff and that Robinson was at pains to to make clear that and Tanser who then expanded on it about this fullback to fullback um, thing that we're doing and we spotted it at um, Livingston Sam I'm sure right. quite early on that um, it happened a couple of times and just wasn't quite coming off which was, was so frustrating about us getting done by Livy towards the end by the same kind of, of run so to see it come off against Motherwell in a game that just required something a little bit special I think shows you how how coached we are this year how how deliberate and organised we are in, in terms of what we're doing and I think in strain and Tanser we've got two excellent starting um, wing backs on, on current form. And what a finish that was, by the way. That yeah, was not so that was not an easy finish at all. It looks it. And I've seen it being described places as a tap-in, which you know, <sighs> Raging Motherwell fans will be Raging Motherwell fans. Yards cross, that was yeah, a, a really smart tactic for Motherwell to let arguably the best crosser of a ball in the league <laughs> swing one in, though, unopposed, uh, right into the back post. It was a Bizarre, but I'd, uh, obviously Tanzer ghosts in really well and kind of does yeah. well with time he's run to go unnoticed. But I, I don't think that's a sort of that's not a goal that we would concede for open play. I don't think. I it's, think it's um, I saw in, so... was it maybe oh, was it maybe the Motherwell thread on Pie and Bovril? They were talking about that's a goal they've lost a couple of times this season. Like, uh, kind of somebody it. I think it was uh, uh, Dundee. Was it McCowan's goal potentially? Dundee it was very uh, similar. So that's maybe something we've sort of. Looked at and obviously with Kettlewell was talking about it. Um, Robinson mentioned in his that they know that they get an overload, they, they know that they've got a spare body if they commit at that point, and that's why they try to do it. They try to drag you out wide with the kind of deep cross so that you're, you're coming out and no one's expecting that extra man. What I thought was really weird was that Kettlewell like just agreed when, when he was interviewed, they were asked about it, and he's like. I, the boys there are saying, you know, you know, it's an overload. What can we do about it? And I was like, your team better, better to deal with it. <laughs> maybe, yeah, and he's like, so we know that's what Sutman do. You know, teams have been trying to do that. We know that's coming, and we know that we can't really control that. What we can do is try and stop the cross. And I'm like, and you maybe can control how many unmarked players are in your box off of a like absolutely telegraphed like 30, 40 yard. For someone like Kettlewell, who seems to be so kind of, he's been you know like after a bit of faff at Motherwell for quite a while. Someone who's like just on it. Just thought it was a damn weird thing for like a professional manager to be like, you know, they've got an extra player. Would you expect us to do this? It's like, That's mad, that, isn't it? Like, aye. <laughs> <laughs> aye. Man, a, uh, motherfucker, do you speak it? Like, what's? It's just a, <laughs> a weird excuse. It's a very tear-stained post-match interview for him. So yeah. That's a long way to continue. For sure. 
for sure. I think we'll get a lot of joy doing that based on, on who we've got to do it. Like we've not even really had to rely on Terry Smollett. It's just a really nice spot to be in. Terry Smollett's tremendous as well. So yeah, I think yeah. to, I think I mean Robinson did say that we can use Terry Small in the front three. I don't across the front three, Sam. Across the front three. I think that would be wild to watch and I hope it happens at some point soon. Preferably a game that I can go to so I can watch it with my own eyes. Shades of uh, Hayden Coulson getting played as a number nine by Warwick County. <laughs> Just a bizarre setup that I, I imagine in Terry Small getting brought on to try and claw back a goal away at Dundee in January or something like that. I also yeah. thought um, Teo Sanya and Alex Grieve have a bit of credit towards yeah. the end in particular Aye. for when we were kind of trying to contain that. I thought Grieve was great. Grieve, I think at the start of the season there was a wee bit of, you know, is, is he somebody we need? Is it somebody we want to keep? But I think he's kind of showed in the past couple of weeks what he's there for. He's there to be a an impact sub, whether that's something to chase a game or to protect a lead. And it was just, I was brilliant at that on Saturday. Just He's a different player as a substitute. Yeah. He just, he just does. And that, that's not a criticism. And whether, he's, a I, I, whether he's, he's got a wee bit of freedom on him when he's coming on rather than that expectation from starting, I don't know. Like Especially yeah. when they were chasing the game. It gives them Motherwell are naturally going to be a wee bit higher up the park, which then means they're going to need to contend with. Yeah, probably, I don't think it's probably wrong to say he's probably the fastest player in the league. I think like I think you've got guys like Matondo, probably, maybe, or just as... It's, Similar, it's guys who don't really... Ivan Sproul. Like, guys who just naturally, just because it's nothing to do with their their technical ability, which, in fairness, all of Sanya's clearly improved on as well, but his physical attribute is his pace, and teams shit themselves. Motherwell naturally just don't know what to do. They're chasing the game, and then they're obviously getting told by Kettlewell we maybe go a wee bit higher, but the players are thinking, well, if we go higher, they're just going to chuck a ball over the top, and there's no chance anybody gets near him, so... It, it confuses teams and in fairness Greaves got Greaves a pretty fast guy as well like Greaves no Greaves not slow I think if you are to stick a ball over the defence I think nine teams out of ten he'd probably get to it before the centre half does so it was good like subject our, a good time yeah totally I feel like our team this year is based around the philosophy of going one up everything Aye. is geared towards getting that first goal and then being able to dictate what happens Next, because if we've got a goal advantage as it starts to get, you know, towards the kind of leg hour of like 60, 70 minutes, if at that point teams are chasing, brilliant, we'll open up a bit, we'll sit back and invite you on, and then we've got two strikers that are faster than your two fastest defenders to right. kind of terrify you at the back and just and just kind of pin you back. And I thought they did so well killing time as well. That's the, the most comfortable I've seen is just killing time in the corner flag. Don't look in doubt, aye. Well, no, not at all. Another thing Zach Hemmings great at is wasting a bit of time. And whether yeah, that's but... kind of clutching the ball with <laughs> chest and falling down, or I uh, just—I mean, we, we've we've had some keepers that were great at that. Trevor Carson, I think he—I've seen he's him take best. about three, three minutes for a goal kick, but yeah. I Hemmings really good. And but we do need to watch situations. These two bookings off a as having big two meter Peter in goals for a league game. So uh, <laughs> or the mystery goalkeeper with his lap back haircut. Aye, um, if we can, if uh, if a big man can maybe cool it with the bookings for the next few weeks, uh, until we can maybe like bring somebody else in, would be very much appreciated. But uh, 
I think at that we'll maybe put a pin in uh, a famous away victory for now and uh, we'll see you in a second. And here we are. So, final whistle on uh, on Saturday there. Second in the table. Comfortable. Two points off the top. Two points ahead of Rangers. What do you want after that? You want hearts at home. <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling for Saturday? I think the games uh, between us are pretty pretty well contested games. It's in the past couple of seasons. There's not the anyway. gap that Hearts fans think there is just because no. they spend a lot more money on players. Yeah, We've won it's the same not... amount of uh, top flight league titles in the last 40 years. Get out, please. Just, uh, just a couple of yo-yo clubs juking it out. <laughs> and the I best think... thing of that is that Celtic got a couple of league titles, which obviously we want. So, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, ideal. I don't think that... I think Hearts fans, for the... If, I mean, I would be expecting it as well, considering their wage bills probably three or four times levels, you would be expecting a a massive gap, but there isn't at all, really. There's there's no yeah. I don't think there's maybe a handful I get, maybe two or three guys that you would think for hearts that would get in our strongest eleven. But <clears throat> you know, it just goes to show how, how well coached we are that you're getting into a home game against Hearts when you're I've not looked at the bookies odds right, but I'm guessing we'll probably be the favourites. Just going by how our home form's been over the last year. I'm guessing we'll be the the favourites for that. And I think it's one that Obviously, the Hearts did get their, their first victory of the season last week, so they might, you never know, they might have turned the corner, but it's a horrible game for them to come. A horrible next game for them after a, a win. If you're going to try and string a bit of momentum together, you're coming to play the team that's got the third best home record in the league over the last year. So it wouldn't be easy. I certainly think if we can, you know, obviously, as you said, Mark, we're designed to go 1 0 up, I think. If we can get the early advantage, maybe score a goal win the first, you know, kind of 10 to 20 minutes, you're rocking and rolling after that because then you get a team that's kind of low on confidence up against the ropes. So, nah, I think it'll be a good game. I think it could be quite tight, but I'd fancy us to win, to be honest. I don't, I don't have I any think, fear. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I can see us kind of coming out the traps flying as we have done in other games and like Hearts will kind of limit our chances that's one thing they have been good at this season despite being a bit all over the place in other areas they have uh, don't give the opposition many chances but again going back to that kind of clinical nature of our forward line like we get one one two chances in the game and take them both and then we're laughing because I would back us to to deal with a hearts team that's chasing chasing a game I think that you know the, the history books I think if you look at the last couple of years show that it's pretty weighted in Hearts' favour in terms of results, but there really wasn't many games last year against Hearts where I thought we were second best, and I thought we'd just paid for being a bit either careless, you know, like the Snodgrass goal that went in at hours, or Marcus Fraser's red card, that kind of thing. I think we had the better of those games. There was the one we lost at Tynecastle where I think we were, you know, the better, that, that was one where Snodgrass should have had the red. The one yeah, with the penalty. Yeah, yeah, we were by far the better team. I don't really. I think the, the kind of tail of the tape is that the balance of where Hearts are the third biggest team in the country. I reckon, you know, between them and Aberdeen, but I'd say Hearts are probably just bigger. Their turnover was what seventeen million pounds, or or not, um, or not far off it. I'm not arguing that we're, you know, in in similar stations, but in terms of results and seeing stuff through, 
know, Hearts didn't have a great end to last season. They didn't end up that far ahead of us. In the end, in this season, we've put the results up where, where maybe they've not quite. I think uh, it'll be fairly evenly matched and at home, I think we do go in expecting us to play the game that we want to play. And if we're allowed to do that, we've got a reasonable chance of, of taking something out of it. That The last time that we beat Hearts at home in the league, Daniel Stendel was the... <laughs> was the Hearts manager and I think he's a better manager than both of their current managers so I also think if we I don't know whether we'll go with Olisanya or Mandron but their back line the the idea of Olisanya running at Kai Rose for example like he Aye. for all his all his qualities he's very good on the ball Just right there, but he's he's not he's not dealing with that at all yeah, yeah Frank, Frankie Kent again has looked good and kind of Fits and starts, but I'm not wholly convinced about. Is he Ryan Kent's goth so. brother? I think so. <laughs> right, okay. The one that has the snake. But yeah, I think there's there's, there's areas to exploit, uh, no doubt. And I think that's one thing we are good at. We've done our homework. We'll know what we're expecting. I don't know how they'll line up in the middle. I, I think it's Peter Harren's kind of been there the past few games, where they'll go uh, with... Callum, is it um, Neuenhoff? I don't know how to say his name. Excuse I think me. so. I, I, think I so. don't know if he'll maybe come in and play Saharan. But I think it's it's a game that I could see us winning if the, kind of, the conditions are right and it, it falls in our favour. I feel like I've got a reasonable knowledge of other teams in the division and who they've got and who they've signed. See, listening to you list Hearts players there. It honestly felt like a pro ev master league team. I was like, um, if you told me that Castolo was playing up front and that Zimales was in the midfield, I would have believed you without question. I thought it's like the guy who I looked at Aberdeen's uh, start eleven and Aberdeen have just completely made up a guy and put them in in their team tonight. A guy called Stefan Gartenman, a guy who completely made up. Yeah, I don't. I've not heard him before tonight either. Yeah. He, yeah, he just brought him in for nowhere as a regen. Like yeah. one area that Hearts do look pretty, pretty strong is up top. They've got Tagawa. Um, yeah, Oda had a couple of good games against us. Um, Vargas as well. I don't think he's really started yet, and he still looks pretty good. He's still kind of getting up to speed with the the game. Uh, and then the obvious fair to go last season. Lauren Shankland, but and Boyce scored last week as well. Boyce Aye, is a so good player. Not Boyce, without yeah. options at all. Not even to yeah. mention Barry McKay, who kind of. I think he's out gone. injured. Though, isn't oh, is he, he injured? Aye. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's out injured. But yeah, they're, they're definitely dangerous, and I think when I think when Hearts eventually click, they will be good. I don't kind of. I remember at the time when he was linked to our job. I think Stephen Naismith's got a a fairly good reputation as a coach. Yeah. Uh, I think he will turn them around at some point. Now that the kind of whole pretend charade of who the manager is, who the manager isn't, like maybe it might give Nate, it might take the shackles off Naismith a bit and give him a bit more freedom to put his own stamp on it. But nah, he's so will, they still good... be, will they still be experiencing that new manager bounce after giving him the job last week? Nah, he's, I think he's now been Naismith's been given the job what twice in the last six months, so. <laughs> Nah, good, that, a good kibble man. Well, like the, the Ted Lasso and Coach Nate dynamic between uh, Frankie McAvoy. Uh, is that even his name? I, I... Uh, yeah, it's Frankie McAvoy. Hey. Sounds like a comedian, but 
just an absolute still game character of a coach. Uh, nah, tough game, but I think it'll be. I think we'll win. I, I, I said this before the the Motherwell game. It's not as if I don't. I don't think I've become arrogant or complacent, and I'm not expecting. I'm not getting to these games thinking oh, wow. we're, going to, we're going to turn them over. I'm just never worried anymore. I'm just like, well, either I don't think beat, we'll ever, we'll either I, beat I, them or we'll be unlucky. I, I don't think I we'll ever lose again. I, I, yeah, can't see us, I can't see us losing again. I just don't see who would beat us. Also, frankly, we've got two games against Edinburgh Obsessions in the next week. If we're losing one, I'm taking Saturday. I'd much rather oh. go Easter Road and get the win. You're not, not in commentary beat. now and you're happy to write games off, Andrew. Yeah. That's a disgrace. <laughs> one, one win in commentary and he thinks he's Billy Big Boss. Also, my, my my absolute favourite player in the world, Cammy Devlin, plays for Hearts, so I hope to see him having a good game. Could could go on the score sheet. I'm just willing this all into not happening, because I despise them. <laughs> nah, I hate Cammy Devlin. Cammy which, means, is... which means he will score. He's, I think he's had a couple against us, hasn't he? Uh, One in Paisley, on definitely. Yeah. But... Uh, if I'm on commentary, we tend to just brush teams aside. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. He's... Trying to come commentate on some of Glasgow Bears games. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if I was worried they were getting called out by twelve year olds in the stands at Livy, I don't know how I'll feel about getting called out by uh, Glasgow United fans. Uh, at well, uh, who's seen like a great bunch of lads? Don't think Glasgow United have done anything controversial, sir. So. No, I don't think so. They probably wouldn't do anything criminal. I wouldn't have thought. Um. <clears throat> Anyway, do you think we'll do you think we'll go with the same eleven that started against yeah. the against Motherwell, or do you uh, think Bacchus will be back? Do I think Bacchus will potentially come in? I I think Bacchus will come in. Uh, I think there will be the temptation to probably start Olasanya as well because I think naturally Hearts do play a wee bit higher, but I just think if you start. I think there is games that you're de- definitely there's games that you can start Olasanya. As I guarantee that when. Hibs come and plays, or Rangers and Celtic come and plays, Aberdeen come and plays. I think they're all going to come and they're going to try and take most of the ball. They'll play a bit higher. I think Hearts might be a wee bit more cautious on Saturday. And I'd rather just go away. I think Olisanya would be a real handful for roles, but I think if you put Mandron in through the middle, you shit yourself. Yeah. I think as well, um, Hearts have looked a bit vulnerable at set pieces this season as well. So having Mandron yeah. in, and it also gives you the option to bring on a Bring on your other Sanya against a, a tired Kai Rose that's played Aye. 66 five minutes, which yeah. I'm laughing. I think having O'Hara back, O'Hara back maybe gives you a bit more flexibility there as well. I think with O'Hara back in the team, you are one really good, big, tall, physical header of the ball up. So you can then maybe switch out Mandron and Olasanya and not quite feel the same, yeah. the same deficit. Whereas without O'Hara in the team, you kind of need Mandron in to dig deep and get back and head away corners and attack corners when we've got them and, and, and the rest of it. So O'Hara been you would assume Harris back in and start now. He's not certainly not going to be the one to, to make way. I, I think back has been back in's probably the least controversial option. I think the the conversation between now and Saturday afternoon will probably be which of the strikers it is that gets the mm-hmm. that gets the nod. And I'm we're saying it there. They've got they've got different but Complementary strengths. I would be happy with either of them. To be honest, I think that's the beauty of 
of right. this season. And we know that it's a very working, nice place to be, isn't it? If, if it's not working, we can change it and make a genuine difference. I'm also really keen to see McMenamin up against Hearts. I think uh, I know there's a change to Hearts personnel, you know, old man Michael Smith now, isn't there? Um, but I, I feel like McMenamin might get a fair bit of joy out of cutting just any kind of pulling that, apart. Yeah. Just plays in that horrible, hard to pick up position inside a front three where he's gonna he's gonna play in between the the wing back and the centre half. It's just a horrible pocket. You get two guys that don't really know whose job it is to pick you up. Nah, I think McMenamin. I actually fancy McMenamin to maybe break his duck on Saturday. Don't know what complain if he does. Should we do score predictions? Are you just wanting to put your your necks on the line? Aye, five down. Yeah, I'm going for a full Grayson. I'm going eleven now. I'll go. I think on a serious note, I'll go. Uh, no two now. I think get an early goal and then we'll toy about them. Do I think. I think yeah. someone will win three one, but I don't know who yet. I think both teams will score. I think Hearts will get one. That um, I think they just get a little bit too much quality knocking at the door for us to hold out for the entire time. If we score first, I think we could win two one. Aye. If Hearts score first, it just becomes a different game. But I'm, I'm confident with us chasing games. Yeah. Listen, if, if we go down by a goal and it finishes that way, so fuck, right? 11 Aye. points from the first five games. We've been unbeaten up to this point. Was Aye, it, what is it? We're working, in, we're working in blocks of four, Robinson said. Aye, I thought that was a really interesting and conversation. Your aim in your block of four is to get five or six points. So, you've what, in, your, in our block of four already, we've basically got... In two blocks of four, we'll have got what we set out to get, and that's as well on course for another top six finish. So, and look, we have we have to lose eventually. It's been months at this point, uh, so it's gonna we, happen eventually. We can't was was such a long time ago. <laughs> Feels like it. I was a newly married man who still had his wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> Things are all changed now. Um, I put it in to get resized in case anyone thinks I've had an absolute. <laughs> Facebook that sit on together meltdown. Yeah. Facebook meltdown. Things are okay. I'm okay. I don't need an intervention. But I would like my ring back from the good people at the Gail Arcade if you wouldn't mind. Um I think that's us. I think we've got plenty to look forward to on Saturday. I'm sure we'll have plenty of shit to get stuck into Aye. next week um, about this one. If uh, I'll do the, the usual Jamie shameless self promotion, but if you've not been in to Paisley Craft Beer since they got proper beer taps put in including a lager get involved all, all you beer fans enjoy a lager like me yeah. um, get yourself down there get yourself some fairly competitively priced pints poured in you uh, we've still got a website there's t-shirts on it if you want you know an LK Dermis hoodie or a Naaman Brophy Wolf t-shirt <laughs> knock yourselves out Alan um, Power t-shirt potentially still <laughs> a, a you still Alan on. Power t-shirt still on. <laughs> yeah yeah Get to it, um, you know, really stand out. Uh, we've sold upwards of one T-shirt um, of some of those ranges. So, you know, Probably. you're not going to look like everyone else. What's the point? Uh, Patreon, we're about to go and record that now. £3 a month. Last week in the international break, there was no normal podcast, but 
Patreon subs did get a full 45, 50 minute podcast of, of me and Craig. You, you and Craig, which I thoroughly enjoyed listening to. You get the full back catalogue of podcasts. You get into our fantasy league if you still want to to do that onto the Discord, which for my money, but it's your money, it's not mine. That's, that's um, where the money's at. It is the best place to talk about someone on the internet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even blowing smoke up our arses for that because we've got very little to do with it. Imagine a hypothetical unnamed forum, but without the helmets. And there you are. You've arrived at the Misery Hunters Discord. So £3 a month, if you're asking me, which you are, is a small price to pay for that kind of value. So you can uh, follow the links on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest of it if you want to go and subscribe to that, and I would encourage you to do so. But until then, fuck Russell Brand. Fuck Trevor Carson. Fuck Stuart Kettlewell's wee hairline. Bye. What do we do? Just click stop recording, then that's us. Aye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.